Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to answer your Jets-Panthers post-game mailbag questions that came in immediately following the ending of the game with our friend who is the Thunder from Down Under, does all the video content on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet mr luke grant luke what's up brother i'm doing well scott i'm looking forward to answering some questions that are going to be positive after the game against the panthers a good couple of days of practice um so i'm excited to see what the what the listeners have got for us and and talk a little ball we got a lot of questions and we will start with our friend peter j dillard who asks was really excited when the jets got rid of connor mcdermott thought big said was better than mcdermott but now I'm watching Billy Turnstile Turner, and I'm wondering, is he somehow actually worse than both of them? Also, are we going to see Elijah Bear Tucker at right tackle as a result? Here's what I will say. Billy Turner, not very good. And Turnstile Turner is an awesome nickname. I love it. Peter, you have a colorful history of making up great nicknames. You're the one that came up with Usurper for Adam Gase, which to this day, every time Chris Nimbley, the very big deal, hears it, he gets giddy. He loves that nickname. We all love it. If you listen to the show, you know it. You love it. It's an awesome nickname. And Turnstile Turner is, unfortunately, 
an apt nickname for Billy Turner. The problem with Billy Turner is he has a lot of experience at both tackle and guard. And at pretty much every position that you could play on the offensive line. The issue, of course, is that he's not very good at any of them. Even though he's well-liked by Nathaniel Hackett, even though he's well-liked by Aaron Rodgers, that can't overcome the fact that Billy Turner is just not a very good offensive lineman. So is he worse than Connor McDermott? I don't know. He's probably not worse than Cedric Abouhey. But either way, if he's playing, that's not good. You have to hope that he's only playing in a dire emergency. You have to hope that the Jets don't have a dire emergency. Now, Luke, you and I talked about how well Makai Becton played in this game. I know he gave up the sack. But other than that, you have to be encouraged by the fact that he had over 20 snaps. He's working his way back in. Max Mitchell, definitely better than Billy Turner, even though Mitchell has had a rough time as well. If they go to Elijah Vera Tucker at right tackle, what that tells you is that they don't believe in Mitchell and they're afraid of Becton at least to start the season. But the fact that they can go to Elijah Vera Tucker is a huge, huge advantage to begin the season because if they like what they're seeing out of Joe Tittman or even if they believe they can get somewhat close to average center play from Wes Schweitzer and move Connor McGovern over to guard, or if it's Tittman, move Connor McGovern to guard and put Vera Tucker at tackle at least temporarily until they figure out something with Becton or somebody else, maybe Carter Warren begins to develop. That is big because, like you said, you don't want Billy Turner starting and you don't want them being forced into starting Max Mitchell if they don't think he's capable of it. So right now you have to say that there is at least a decent possibility Barrett Tucker plays at right tackle. Salah refused to rule it out the other day, and there's a reason for that. I'm sure that all things equal, they would prefer to play Elijah Barrett Tucker at guard, but they'll do what they have to do. They've said it a million times, Luke. They want the best five offensive linemen on the field, and unless Becton has earned their trust by week one, that might very well mean Elijah Barrett Tucker at right tackle to begin the season. Yeah, I agree, Scott. And we got a glimpse of that flexibility for the Jets' offensive line today. Wes Schweitzer started at right guard. Connor McGovern started at center. They can obviously flip-flop. You can insert Joe Tipman. So the fact that they have two guys who are viable guard options with Schweitzer or McGovern playing there to kick AVT out, it obviously shows you that is a very real option. Obviously, Vera Tucker didn't play today because they're resting the elbow. They're easing him, or sorry, the tricep. They're easing him back into live game action, but they have that option. It's obviously going to be one, and that's why Salah hasn't ruled it out, as you mentioned. I don't think Turner's worse than McDermott. I watched him for the Patriots again the other night. He was not good when he was thrust into action the back half of last year for them either, but he's not a viable starting option for the Jets. I think Max Mitchell's also been pretty poor in the run game. He's always kind of fine as a pass protector. The Jets' best two tackles right now, uh, probably AVT, and Mackay Becton. Look, obviously, Dwayne Brown will factor into that as well, coming off the injury. I think he's probably going to start at left tackle when he comes back healthy. But I think if Becton doesn't want to kick over and he isn't quite ready, that it has to be AVT. And yeah, I'm sure the Jets would love to see him a whole season as an all-pro guard and to have continuity up front. But you said it. Salah said it. They want the best five out there. And there's a good chance that does mean AVT at right tackle. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Eminem, GameTime41. He says, defensive line is deep and talented. We all know how the Jets like to rotate them, but with the emergence of McDonald, who do you see losing snaps or missing out on playing consistently due to the amount of solid defensive linemen the Jets have? Hot take, I think it'll be Michael Clemens. He will play just not as much as we think. I think Clemens may actually get a fair amount of work on the inside. It's going to be interesting seeing how Robert Sala mixes and matches these guys, Luke. We do know that he likes to keep these guys fresh, so he rotates them a lot. I do expect to see Jermaine Johnson more this season than we did last season. And I do think there's a good possibility we see more of Will McDonald than most of us originally expected. I still think he's not going to get a ton of snaps. He'll probably get more than Jermaine Johnson did last year. But there is, of course, the possibility that he plays so well that he forces Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich's hand. We're already seeing how well he's done in the preseason and in practice every single day. So I wouldn't count out him playing significantly more snaps than Jermaine Johnson did last year. Like I said, Bryce Huff could be the odd man out. I expect him to get a decent amount of snaps. But remember, I think Will McDonald has a chance to really learn and grow and become better in the run game, which would get him on the field a lot more. We know that Jermaine Johnson is a really good run defender. He was excellent at Florida State, played very well in limited snaps against the run last year. That was something that was never in question with him. The question was how dynamic of a pass rusher could he be at the pro level. With McDonald, he needs to put on a little bit of weight and refine what he does against the run. However, of course, we already know what you get when it comes to Bryce Huff. He's really good on very, very obvious passing downs. That's why his stats get padded. That's why he looks so efficient as a pass rusher. Like we said, Luke, when they put him on the field in that capacity, he does very well. But it's much easier to do well when it's a situation like that when you just have to pin back your ears and go at the passer because you know exactly what the other team is going to do. So I think Huff might have the limited snaps. McDonald may take some away from him. Certainly Clemens is a possibility, but I think Clemens may get a fair amount of run on the inside as well. Yeah, before I get into the question, I just want to talk about Will McDonald. You mentioned how he might need to put on a bit of size. 
The first two games of the season, Scott, here in preseason, when I see number nine on nine on the field, I am surprised by how big he looks. Look, I understand he's like a six foot five type dude, but he looks solid out there. And I've been surprised with how NFL ready his body looks. That's a really good sign. To answer the question, I think you're going to see less of Clemens on the edge for sure. Salah already prefaced that. He's up 15 pounds of muscle and a little bit of good fat, um, and, and he's in really good shape to kick inside on obvious passing situations with the second unit. But I think the sneaky one is JFM. I think John Franklin Meyer is going to play more inside this year because that's going to open up the strong uh, defensive end position for Jermaine Johnson. It is a natural fit for him. As you mentioned, he's such a good run defender, but can also give you that extra juice. Imagine a starting four, Scott, first snap against Josh Allen in Buffalo, uh, sorry, in New York against Buffalo. You have Jermaine Johnson at the strong. You then have Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers, and Carl Lawson. You insert Jefferson and Woods in certain different situations. Then you rotate McDonald and Huff and Clemens. And it is going to be a crowded room, but he will make it work. Salah doesn't like to oversaturate his snaps for the young guys. I think you're right. McDonald plays between 30 and 35 snaps, percent of snaps this year. For context, I think Jermaine Johnson was around 24% last year. Clemens slightly less than that. I think McDonald's definitely exceeds both of their amounts as rookies. I think Jermaine Johnson plays upwards of 45 to 50% this year. And I think Bryce Huff is not going to get over 20% of snaps. As we've said a lot, don't want to sound like a broken record, has a very defined role on this offense. McDonald is going to eat into that as well. So uh, he'll still get some snaps, but I, I think they'll make this work. I think it's going to look something like Lawson and a mix of JFM and um, also Jermaine Johnson in base and then you'll get obviously McDonald and Huff on the edge from there with more of Clemens inside in obvious passing situations so I think that's what the the general gist of the rotation will be it took such an amount of success from Quinn and Williams to even give him more snaps last year and, and the year prior from Ulbrich and Salah so hopefully they're a bit more flexible they let the young pups play but man this line is absolutely filled with talent and I can't wait to watch them play on opening day. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He asks, why couldn't the Jets get more out of Elijah Moore? And why haven't any of the beat reporters asked Joe Douglas why Elijah Moore never fit into the scheme since they made him an outside receiver instead of using him in the slot in the Berrios role. Also do Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson give you John Abraham and Sean Ellis vibes. Let's start with the Elijah Moore question. This has been a popular topic because everybody's been passing around that play that Elijah Moore had with the Browns, that 18-yard play where he was a glorified running back and he was able to make a dynamic cut and get them 18 yards in a preseason game. And some people have said, who cares? It's preseason. He's king of the preseason. He's king of training camp. But we know what happened, Luke. Ultimately, Mike LaFleur had no idea how to properly use Elijah Moore. He didn't give him design touches. Those went to Braxton Berrios, who is a much inferior player. I'm not trying to be mean, but that's the truth. Elijah Moore, a much better player and a much better receiver than Braxton Berrios. If you looked at the film, and Luke, you and I did this a lot, as did our friend Joe Blewett, Elijah Moore was open a ton, a ton early in the season. Before he had his falling out, with Mike LaFleur, they got into that whole argument. And then from there, you could see the effort really drop because I guess in his mind, he felt like if he was going to work his ass off to get open and LaFleur wasn't going to design plays to go his way and Zach Wilson wasn't going to see him, he'd had enough 
of busting his butt. And so that's when we started to see him not really care as much. And I think that's a big part of the reason he got traded. There was a rift there that I feel like both sides believed couldn't be repaired. And that's why the Jets traded him. And they didn't get a lot. People keep talking about how they got that second round pick. Remember, it was Elijah Moore and a top of the third round selection for that Brown second rounder. So really, it wasn't a ton of value that the Jets got for Elijah Moore. And you're talking about a guy that's incredibly talented. We saw it over and over again with Elijah Moore. He would get open if only he had a quarterback, let's say Aaron Rodgers, for example, who could see him and get him the ball and an offensive coordinator, maybe Nathaniel Hackett, we'll see how he does, that understood the value of a guy like Elijah Moore and schemed to get him the ball. Perhaps we would have seen better results out of Elijah Moore. I think he's going to do very well with the Browns. And as you said, Michael, I think it's worth everybody asking themselves why it went so wrong. I understand why the Jets traded Elijah Moore. I think we all do. I still wish that they could have found a way to make it work because I think when all is said and done, he's going to be very productive and it's going to look like a bad trade, at least on paper, even though we know that the Jets ultimately probably needed to move on given the situation. As far as Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson, let's take it easy with the John Abraham and Sean Ellis comparisons. I think they both have a lot of potential, and I think they could be the best pass rush duo the Jets have had since those two. But until we see the actual results on the field, let's calm down a little bit. Remember, John Abraham at his best was one of the best pass rushers in the league. And I know, Luke, you said that Will McDonald looks a lot bigger on the field than you would have anticipated, given the fact that he played at 236 at Iowa State. But still, John Abraham was a very solid 260 pounds and incredibly explosive. So let's see what Will McDonald does before we get to the point where we're comparing him to John Abraham. And Jermaine Johnson, also very talented player, a guy that I believe in. You and I both liked him a lot coming out of Florida State last year, Luke. But Sean Ellis had an outstanding career somebody who was tremendous for the Jets along with John Abraham and was there for significantly longer than John Abraham, by the way, had a really lengthy career for the Jets. Before we start comparing Jermaine Johnson to him, let's see what Jermaine Johnson can do. But I will say I am very optimistic about the duo, and I think they absolutely have the potential in them to be the best pass rush duo since the Jets had Abraham and Ellison. By the way, again, shows you the value of drafting these guys high. Ellis and Abraham were both mid-first-round picks. Will McDonald, a mid-first-round pick. Jermaine Johnson, a late-first-round pick who was originally projected to be a mid-first-round pick. You know what, Scott? I'm going to start with the Elijah Moore question as well. It's incredibly loaded for me, and this is a fun one because if you follow me on Twitter and, and on the podcast as well, I'm not a very big fan of Mike LaFleur. My background's in coaching. I'm not a big fan of a player who comes out complaining about touches when their team is four and two. So I haven't got a lot of time for Elijah Moore or Michael LaFleur, to be perfectly honest with you. As far as why the beat doesn't ask Joe Douglas, they don't speak to Joe now until the midpoint of the season. They don't get an opportunity to do that. If they ask Robert Seller, they'll say that's a question for Joe. I'll defer you to Joe. So you know how that's going to go. Um, plus the beat, obviously, have different angles. 
they work as a tool to try and get information and, and also get leads from the Jets. So they don't want to put them under too much pressure. Look, Mike LaFleur, the first year in 2021, didn't get Elijah Moore a design touch until that game against the Denver Broncos, where Elijah then got hurt later in the game uh, with a touch near the sideline. He got banged up and got a concussion. It took, I think it was either week four or week five, for him to give him a designed gadget touch, which is just incredibly daft. Um, as you said, then last year, the rift continued to build. You saw then Barrios getting those touches over more, which didn't make a ton of sense in the Cleveland and Baltimore game. Moore was getting open a lot, and it all fell apart from there. I understand Moore's frustration. He doesn't want to lose value. Um, He wants to get the football. He's an NFL receiver. He's an alpha dude. I get it, but I just didn't like the timing. That left a bad taste in my mouth. He was injured and banged up a lot as well in his time with the Jets, and he got injured after that game and that one run we all saw on Twitter. He was in the medical tent, and he's now you know with the doctors and and might have an injury with Cleveland already. So I think that's a little bit of what you get with Elijah Moore. Um, I'm definitely not defending Mike LaFleur because I think he made an absolute meal of that situation. And that was my biggest criticism of him. I talked about the rift he had with Denzel Mims and Makai Becton all the way back to week two of joint practices with the Green Bay Packers in 2021. So I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but I don't think there really is a winner there. I think the Jets probably lost value on more, but ultimately I'm not too upset about it. I think... If the Jets are successful this year, we're not going to look back at that trade. And, and hopefully he just has mild success with the Cleveland Browns. And I think you answered the the, the, the defensive end question pretty well. Before you start talking Ellis and Abraham, let's see some sustained success for two or three years. But as we've talked about, these four guys really with Huff, Lawson, um, and then McDonald, uh, and Johnson, their average age is 24 and a half years of age. We've got a young group of absolute studs on the edge, and, and let's just see them perform. But I think Jets fans are pretty right to be excited. Luke, I agree with you in terms of the timing of the complaints, and I think that's a big part of why that relationship ultimately couldn't be repaired and why both, both sides felt that it was best to move on, like I was saying before. The other thing I will say is what I believe probably factored in heavily to Elijah Moore's frustration is not only the fact that he was getting open and he had an offensive coordinator that wouldn't design touches for him and a quarterback that couldn't see him open, but also he just watched his best friend, A.J. Brown, get paid a ton of money. He just watched a lot of these wide receivers get paid a ton of money, and he understands that if he's going to get that payday, and remember, he was a second-round pick, so he didn't get a monster payday right off the bat. He is going to have to put up numbers and have production or he's not going to get the type of money that his buddy A.J. Brown and a bunch of these other receivers like Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, and so on and so forth got last offseason. So I understand his frustration, but like you said, Luke, I understand the Jets' frustration because when you have a player who is complaining about his own stats when the team is on a winning streak, that's not a good look. So I don't love how it ended for either side, but I also recognize that unfortunately – that is the way that it had to end. There was no other resolution that was going to happen here. Next question comes in from Burner Account 2021. Whose Burner Account is this? I don't know, but it's Burner Account 2021. He says, I really like the stable running backs the Jets have. Do you think they realize that getting Dalvin Cook would be overkill and they can get Israel Abanacanda into the mix? And with him, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, and Bam Knight, the Jets may not even need Dalvin Cook. Really think the Jets might be better off saving that money either to roll over for salary cap next year or to grab somebody 
who shakes loose unexpectedly that might be able to help them at a position of need. Yeah, I agree with you. And Luke, we talked about this in the post-game report. I think one of the biggest takeaways from practices and certainly from the first two preseason games is that Dalvin Cook is sort of like dessert. He's nice, but he's not necessary, right? I don't think the Jets need Dalvin Cook. He's a flashy name, but we've talked about this. He was very much a product of the Minnesota Vikings offensive line last year. And if you can have all four of those Jets running backs for next to nothing, because remember, all of those guys are on dirt cheap contracts. Michael Carter, a fourth round pick. Israel Abanacanda, a fifth round pick. Brees Hall, a second round pick. And Bam Knight, an undrafted free agent. None of those guys is getting paid. You'd have to pay Dalvin Cook more than all of those guys combined. Considering what we've seen from them and what we saw from Cook last year, it's probably not worth it. Yeah, you know what, Scott? I was cringing throughout the whole training camp when we had fans chanting his name and begging online. Like, just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Dalvin Cook's a declining player. I'll say it again. Dalvin Cook was saying more about the health of Brees Hall than it was about the complementary pieces in Michael Carter and Izzy Abanakunda specifically. He would have been brought in to share those uh, first and second down carries, the bell cow, while Brees Hall was getting back on his feet after the ACL injury. He wouldn't have been the third down back because he's not good after the catch. He doesn't have good hands and he's poor in pass protection. So Dalvin Cook was not coming in to replace Michael Carter. And people kept saying to me, so what, you think that Michael Carter is a better player than Dalvin Cook? I, I'm not even going to answer that because that isn't the only factor, Scott. There is so much about uh, value that comes into it. You mentioned it. A fourth-round rookie contract compared to playing Dalvin Cook $6 million, it doesn't make sense. The Jets have enough asset allocation there. They're cheap at the position. And you know what? Keep that $16 million in cap space, and maybe a Mike Evans shakes free or something else with, uh, you know, a different position of need at tackle or Zach Martin or whatever it is. Give yourself the flexibility. You can always roll it. I liked how the Jets have handled the position, and I don't think they need to make a move. Next question comes in from AJ Tranzano. He asks, does Becton eventually work his way into the right tackle position? Does Joe Tipman get time with the ones after the first two preseason games? I understand it's just preseason, but the young edges and Quinn and Williams and the rest of the line look like they are going to be really fun to watch once the regular season starts. Also, will Bryce Huff stick around or will the Jets leverage him in a trade to maybe get some draft picks? or perhaps an offensive lineman. So let's go through these. First, he asks whether or not Makai Becton works his way into the right tackle role. It's all going to be a matter of trust, not to sound like Billy Joel, but seriously, it's going to be a matter of trust. If the Jets trust that Makai Becton can stay on the field consistently and they don't have to worry about that knee and they don't have to worry about him being on a very strict pitch count by the time the season starts – based on how bad Billy Turner has been and based on Max Mitchell still needing work, maybe. But I still am not convinced that Becton begins the season as a starter because I'm not sure the coaching staff believes that he can be reliable. So that's number one. Joe Tipman will he get some time with the ones? Maybe at some point. I still don't think he's going to start the season. I think he's inching closer and closer to maybe being the backup to Connor McGovern. And like we said before, it's absolutely possible that if Elijah Vera Tucker gets moved to right tackle out of necessity, maybe 
Joe Tipman winds up at center. It could also be Wes Schweitzer, but either way, even if Tipman doesn't begin the season at center, Connor McGovern said that he was brought back with the understanding that he was going to fight for that starting center job right away, but the Jets were going to draft a center who would eventually take his place. The question is, what does eventually mean? Does eventually mean week one? Does eventually mean week eight? Does eventually mean 2024? We'll find out. If I were to guess, I would say that Tipman probably winds up on the bench to begin the season. And then at some point, either due to injury or due to him just coming along nicely, he winds up in the starting lineup. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. As far as the edges and Quinn and Williams, absolutely. They are very fun to watch. And I think this has a chance to be the best overall defensive line the Jets have had maybe since the Sons of Anarchy. That's what we used to call, of course, Damon Harrison, Sheldon Richardson, and Muhammad Wilkerson. That was a fun group. But the key here is now they've got edge rushers to go along with that. So maybe they get the best combination of inside-outside that they've had since, as we mentioned before, the Sean Ellis, John Abraham days. And Bryce Huff, look, I'm not going to rule out the Jets trading him if they can get a tempting offer, whether it's draft picks or using him in a deal to get an offensive lineman if an offensive lineman becomes available because we've said this before. Bryce Huff is very good at what he does, but he's very limited. And he's also on a one-year deal. He'll be a free agent next year. And he's going to have a very limited number of snaps. So if they trade him, obviously that means more snaps for Jermaine Johnson and probably Will McDonald as well. I wouldn't rule it out. I'm not saying it's likely, but if an offer comes, if somebody is willing to give the Jets a good draft pick or there's an offensive lineman out there that's available and the Jets feel like they can package Bryce Huff and something else to get that offensive lineman, then it's certainly a possibility. If I were to guess, I would say very strong chance that Bryce Huff is here just because I don't think a deal like that will materialize. But if it does, I wouldn't be surprised to see him traded. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right about the edge position, Scott. Um, it, it's great that we don't have Sheldon uh, Richardson of the, as an outside linebacker now, though. We have that genuine edge talent, which is great. I always think about that team and opening day against uh, Cincinnati where they had like six sacks and we still somehow lost the game on the bell to Andy Dalton, which is a horrible memory. But yeah, excited about this group. Pivoting to Mackay Becton, you, you mentioned Billy Joel. Uh, you may be right, I might be crazy, but I still think Becton's the left tackle the Jets are looking for, Scott. I know they're going to probably start with Brown, but I think he ends up shaking out and getting time at left tackle. He's got too much talent. I think you're right. They don't want to trust him as a starting spot. And I don't think Mackay Becton wants to play right tackle. He's made that pretty clear. He thinks that puts pressure on his right knee, which is where the injury is when he reverses his sets, comes from right tackle. So I think if he starts... For a sustained period of time for the Jets, he's going to be playing at left tackle and he's going to surpass Dwayne Brown at some point throughout the season. Similarly with Tipman, I think, as you said, it's going to be that kind of process. Sulla said he wants his unit ironed out by this week, going into training and uh, practice in, in one or two days. He wants his starting lineup ironed out and they're ready to go and roll out and get that chemistry. I don't think there's enough time for Tipman to surpass Connor McGovern. And if you look at Sulla's history with young players, he's been like that, Scott. It took Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall playing out of their minds in the first two or three weeks for them to become starters. Tipman's not going to have that luxury because he won't see the field. There is no complementary role for a center in the NFL. So he's just going to have to sit and wait. And when they see him in camp, uh, in practice, or when McGovern kind of doesn't show that he's an elite talent 
they're going to put him in. And I think that's going to be how that all shakes out. So interested to see how it works out. But I think ultimately Becton gets some significant snaps after a while at left tackle. And I think for the same is going to happen for Joe Tipman at center. Luke, we did two Billy Joel references. So I'll finish with another. Right now, we're all in a New York Jets state of mind. Luke Thunder from Down Under, thanks so much for coming on and answering some post-game mailbag questions with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything we've got on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet, and visit our store over at tpublic.com. Go ahead and tell them what they're going to find. Yeah, Scott, we're trying to forge kind of our own path over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube We're focusing on the film breakdowns. That's what I do over there. They're 10-minute videos looking at the X's and O's, uh, breaking down young talent. So I'll get the film. I'll cut up the film we saw against the Panthers, and I'll have breakdowns coming on Will McDonald, the running backs, Makai Becton's 28 snaps at left tackle, uh, looking at uh, yeah, specifically Izzy, the tight end group, Zach Kuntz. That's what I'm going to bring you. 10-minute videos. Make sure you check it out. You're going to love it. Uh, subscribe over there. And then we've got the T Public stuff rolling, different designs. Zach the Ripper, bless you. Thank you with Quinn and Williams. The Play Like a Jet logo merch is a big favorite. Uh, so make sure you check it out. Play around with the merchandise, and uh, you can find us over at T Public. Check out our store at tpublic.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Subscribe if you haven't already. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money. But it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital, playlikeajet.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.